The Squawker Talker is brought to you by Betball, the social sports betting app and home of the Squawker Accumulator. Download the app at squawk.at/betball and challenge Squawker. Join our accumulator or make your own. Or follow the link in the description below. Welcome back to the Squawker Talker. I'm joined today by, by two very special guests. Jamie Hinks from Bet Boys here. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. I know Greg Lee is back on the pod. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, very well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, yeah very good weekend of football all around Europe, actually. But we're going to start in the Premier League. But we're also going to start with our ACA review on Betball. Um, if you if you were following last week, you'll see we put a few bets on. Um, some came in, some didn't. We lost because Sunderland won. I mean, ha- who saw that coming? They beat Hull. Not me. No one. No, no I think one. A lot we, of people lost because Sunderland won. We definitely didn't <laughs> see it coming. Um, you also can't account for, for Liverpool and Saints be, having no goals. I don't, I don't think Liverpool actually scored against Southampton in the Premier League or in any competitions this season. So maybe maybe we've won. We, we overlooked, but Southampton could have at least put a few in for us. Uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, and Manchester United all did the business, however. Uh, we said City would score more than two goals, and they managed five against Crystal Palace. Um, loads of corners as well at the Etihad. And with Chelsea and Mercer still to come, plenty of Premier League interest in. Well, actually, tonight we're recording on Monday. It's it's happening tonight. We've also got a midweek fixture, which we'll come on to a little bit later on between Arsenal and Southampton. But starting with Arsenal, they beat Manchester United two nil. Uh, Wenger finally gets his win against Jose. How how did he do it? Well, he, I, United had, a, had it was almost a second string, but I don't know if you can call it a second string mm. when there's this many good players playing for them still. So yeah, it, I mean, he's focusing on the Europa League mm. definitely now just was, to get that Champions League spot. Was there anything in this uh, this three four? 2-1 that, that brought brought it home for Wenger, Greg? Yeah, it's been a strange kind of relationship with this three at the back, I think, because when you watch them play, it's not that convincing, but generally they've got the results. They've and some big results as well, this one and the victory over Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final as well. So as long as it gets results, I suppose it is working, but I'm still not sure whether it is a viable kind of long-term thing. Wenger's obviously not known to be the most hands-on coach on the training field, and I think that does come across at times. Mm-hmm. One player that did impress in that back three against United, though, was Rob Holding. Lots of Arsenal fans have been asking why he hasn't been playing in the league. He has played some of the cup competitions. Um, who else do you think looked looked like they suited this system, Jamie? I think the Ox played really well. He's actually got more assists than Ozil this season, which mm. is really surprising. Two against United yeah, as well. Yeah, two against United, and the second one was really, really good. I mean, the first one was a throw, so I don't know if you can really count <laughs> yeah. that as an assist. But um, I think the Ox played, he's not the great defensively, but going forwards, he's, he is very, very good. And um, I know there have been people saying for a while you should play him centrally, but you can see how good he is out wide. He's mm. got a lot of pace. Um, and he's one of the Arsenal players that their fans seem to really still like. So, um, oh, for me, the Ox. Mm, he puts he puts the work in, doesn't he, down the right. Uh, but who disappointed you for United on the day? Um, it was very flat from most of them, really. I think Rooney is probably the one who's got most of the headlines for his performance, but nothing really new there, I don't think. And people like Mkhitaryan obviously didn't play the whole game. Rooney wanted to rest him, so you still didn't get a kind of... A f- true reflection of his quality and he's playing a wing back according to some people as well wasn't yeah, he yeah well, it's almost that sits at the back again at times mm. um, for United um, I think Jones and Smalling still obviously big question marks about them there were a couple of good performances for United to and Zabi obviously uh, very assured for, for such a young age and mm. in such a big game but yeah overall pretty flat from United and that reflected in their individuals' performances. Mm-hmm. Zero away goals for Jose Mourinho's side against the rest of the top six this season. Um, is this just usual, you know, Mourinho doctrine as in keep them keep them contained and I'll sort it at home or does he need to work on this next season? 
I th- of course he needs to work on it next season because I don't think he's going to be a successor unless he wins the league and you're not going to win the league not scoring away at the top teams um, I think Tottenham have showed this season that they don't do particularly well away at the top teams and if they had maybe they'd be closer and possibly top of the league so mm. he does need to address it Um Saying that, they've just come off the back of a however 25 game unbeaten <laughs> run, which is pretty incredible. Well, probably the least spectacular, the least spectacular one, ever. but um, I'm gonna do, yeah, the Mourinho is still in a 25 game unbeaten run, even if they did lose in the League Cup mm. in that run. But um, yeah, he does need to address it. But how do you do it? Do you buy it like do you just drop Ibrahimovic completely and go and buy another striker and just be like, he's my guy, or do you play Rashford up front? I mean, he's proved over the last few weeks that he's been more than able to do that. I mean, Martial was very isolated in the first half. Rashford was pretty good when he came on. Okay, it's probably a bit too late to salvage the game. But do you think that that's that's the kind of decision United need to make? It's it's Ibra or the kids? Yeah, I think so. Um, Ibrahimovic has contributed a lot in his first season at United, but I think the play often does revolve very heavily around him when he does play. And I think part of the decision needs to be, do you kind of sacrifice that for the guaranteed goals he brings or do you want maybe more of a collective mm. kind of attacking process that involves more players and, and Rashford I think would be someone who would be be great at the tip of that if he does mm. decide to go that way. And at the other end of the field there was another a youngster for United who, uh, who did the business uh, two and Zabi his Premier League debut and he kept Sanchez very very quiet didn't he? Yeah um I think that also with Sanchez, it's he's been moved out wide for some reason when he was doing so well in the middle. I don't well, apparently, that was his request of Wenger. He wanted to go wide because he sees more of the ball. But I mean, I think we said on this podcast before, that sounds like weak management to me. Yeah. It's better for the team, better for the player. Keep him there. Yeah, why is he allowing that? But yeah, great performance for someone who's so young. Um, will he get that many chances under Mourinho? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, think, to, Sanchez's role, I think, was quite interesting here and it kind of petered out because the first 20 minutes, what he, what he seemed to do was because United were dropping into that back six, he mm. dropped quite deep and was threading passes through and almost taking on the role that Ozil, you would kind of associate him with, that dropping deep, playing passes through, looking for those kind of assists or creating chances. But he kind of just tailed off after the first 20 minutes and it looked really dangerous early on and you kind of thought, is this another dimension to Sanchez's game? But... Unfortunately, kind of Arsenal got the win, so it didn't matter, but mm. didn't have the, quite the same contribution in the second mm. half. Well, I mean, Ozil because kind of Matteo Domin tried to mark him out the game, and he did quite well to kind of yeah. get around that. Uh, Sanchez was quiet, so kind of even though Ozil did all right, there was still kind of a hole for a player to step up and do more for Arsenal. And the man himself, Aaron Ramsey, a player who divides opinions, got the man of the match award. There's been a bit of um, controversy over that, though. Some people think it's, it's the best thing since life, but some people think it's a horrendous decision to to praise him uh, for his performance. Where do you stand on it, Jamie? Uh, well, as we've said earlier, it was the second string United team. Um, he needs to he needs to have, like pulled his finger out a bit more this season. I think um, there's so many performances. Like, you, do you remember him really playing a game this season, Aaron Ramsey? Because this is the first time I remember him even playing. Um, but. Yeah, that's really all I've got to say about it. It's <laughs> like he played very, very well, but um, so did a lot of the Arsenal players. Mm. It wasn't so. I, I mean, he did shine a little bit, but it wasn't like, oh my God, Aaron Ramsey. Mm. It was that's, kind of like he's played very well and served the rest of them. That's kind of been the story of Aaron Ramsey's career since that one big season where he looked like the next mm. coming of Arturo Vidal, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That season, you kind of just expect with, with all players, you expect them to just keep progressing, it to be kind of moving in the right forward direction. But Ramsey's really stagnated and. I think he did play very well yesterday, um, so he deserves credit for that. But 
there are still question marks. And Wenger, obviously, previous in previous seasons, he's played him out on the right because he doesn't seem to trust him in mm. that midfield too. And I still think those doubts remain this season. Mm. Would you maybe consider moving him forward? We talked about Sanchez being better as a striker. If you need someone to play next to Ozil, he played Ramsey played well in that role for for Wales. What do you reckon? Uh, they've got so many players that could play that role, though. So. <laughs> Where's like, so where are we going to play? Yeah, exactly. what, what is this? They'll probably sign two more as well. In the summer, <laughs> so. That's one to look forward to in the summer. Um, but moving on now to another big result of the weekend, maybe the result that's kind of decided the title race for Chelsea. Uh, West Ham beat Spurs 1-0 at London Stadium. Um, bottle job or not by Spurs? No. 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 They, they've never been... They've they've not been top of the league. I think the stat was like Hull have been top of the league more than Spurs over the last two seasons for more days because they've never been top of the league over the last two years. So mm. can you? I don't think you can really call it. If they if they were second and they end up finishing fourth or something like that, mm. maybe. But no. And not off the back of nine wins in a row as well. It's kind of everyone is entitled to kind of lose a game, and if you're kind of waiting to put that tag on them as soon as they do. I think it's a bit a bit harsh to do so after nine straight wins. I kind of felt bad for Dembele and Pochettino because it was so clear that it's playing this this four two three one. They need that guy to kind of shuttle it forward in in the midfield. And Dembele wasn't fit enough to play. Pochettino didn't have Harry Winks or anybody else to come in. So his hands was kind of tied. I mean, it's it's a bit of a lazy thing to say because we seem to say it every time Spurs fall down. But it was just squad depth for Den again, wasn't it? Really, they just, they just have the players. Yeah, because you could see it last season they got absolutely knackered towards the end of the season. The same like this is the same time again, and that they they don't tend to start that well either. So mm. maybe this is something he needs to address. Is the preseason training way too hard, and they're just absolutely on their feet? at the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. But then I guess he might argue that that's how they get the intensity in the middle, in the creamy middle filling. Yeah. The biscuit of the season. Yeah, last season and this season, they've been really good in those kind of middle and slow starts both times. I think um, if you're looking to kind of pinpoint a moment where their title hopes faded last season, it's almost the start because they didn't start well and kind of the same this year. They were not right up there until kind of the turn of the year, I think. So, yeah, maybe it's it's something that is hard to change because of the, as you say, the methods get the best out of them in the in the middle. Mm. And West Ham, to their credit, were very good actually. They really did turn it on. Uh, they created ten chances to Spurs' seven, who both couldn't really get at the Hammers properly, and you know couldn't really deal with their attack at times. They were on the counter, um, kind of playing. I think we we were at the game together. I think I kind of did say they were kind of playing football that was a little bit beyond their level, but it they, it kind of came off for them, didn't it, in the end. Yeah, it did. And yeah, there were signs early on that um, they were getting in behind a few times. I think Tottenham looked quite defensively shaky, which is very mm. rare for them. There was uh, out of Aerod in the second half, tried to dribble past two players, I think, inside his box, stuff like that, which you don't normally see Tottenham mm. do. I remember Wanyama just started hoofing the ball yeah. rather than passing it on. And... and Kyle Walker, I think, as well, didn't have a great game. Obviously, mm. there's lots of speculation around him at the moment. So I think that, coupled with the, the lack of Dembele, who in this type of game, I think, is particularly important because... West Ham were quite happy to stand off and, and trying to get bodies behind the ball and mm. someone to get past people in the middle, which is such a rare quality in central midfielders, but Dembele is so good at it. Mm. I think with Dyer and Wanyama as good as they are, they're a bit safer and I think that really told for Spurs. Mm. I think, uh, not Pochettino, so yeah, Bilic did say after the game that their plan was to give them something, give them the wings and then they would just block them off. Um, so, I mean, is there a sense that Bilic saw Spurs coming? What, what can Pochettino do? To, to kind of take them to the next level next season. I mean, this year he's already brought in a different shape, this 3 4 2 one, which has given them more options. H- how does he take it from here? I think one, one thing is that Rose has been out for ages and 
when you don't when you have both of them they're absolutely incredible and when they're one of them isn't there they're eking out these games i mm. watched the palace game they struggled to break us down and like if they were irresistible with Rose and Walker, maybe they'd have been better. Um, I think they need some experience, real winners in there. If you look at their team, they haven't got anyone in there that's. I mean, they've got the like Eriksson, Vertonghen, and uh, Alderweireld won the Eredivisie. Mm. Um, I think Alderweireld might have won La Liga with Atletico Madrid. But apart from that, there's no one in there that's really won trophies. I mean, we. I was talking with someone the other day, and I was like, well, if Walker leaves, why don't you just go out and try and get like Alves or someone? It's not that beyond them. <laughs> And then he's won trophies everywhere. Like, I mean, and he would fit the system. You just got to look at it. They also need a backup Harry Kane that actually was mm. happy to sit on the bench and can come on and score goals because he gets injured. It's the same again. I um, think, sorry, Dred, I think it is, um, it's a difficult one for Spurs this summer because they've obviously got their wage structure, which they are quite determined not to break. And um, even with the player, the existing players they've got who have performed really well and have kind of a history of doing well for Spurs, they kind of seem to be quite reluctant compared to some of the bigger clubs, which they have their constraints. So it's a question of trying to improve the team and the squad, but without upsetting your current stars by offering huge wages to kind of a superstar. So it's really difficult to do, I think. And we saw their recruitment last summer, apart from Wanyama, wasn't great. And I wonder as well whether this summer we'll see a similar issue. Mm. And with this new stadium going up, they might not have the money to actually maybe throw stuff around. Mm. So it might only get harder for Pochettino. But I guess if everyone thinks he is this great young manager, it's time for him to show it again yeah. and again. And the Wembley factor as well. Next yeah, like what's their, like, is, is it not a success under Pochettino if they don't win the league? Mm. Like, is that, the, is that what Levy wants? Like, if they don't win the league within his however long he's there, what, he'll probably be there for like five years in total, I'd imagine, or six. Mm. If he doesn't win the league in that time, is it, not a, is it considered not a success? Well, it kind of, it's kind of on, on paper and then compared to the, the club he found, I'd say he's already made Tottenham so much better than, mm-hmm. than what they are. But it's weird, when you're in the press box at White Lane, there's a section of fans just at the left of you. And when it was bad, they, were, they weren't quite calling for his head, but they were giving out some serious criticism. And I think it might not be, be Levy, it might be the fans kind of, they want at least a trophy to kind of mm. put the kind of bow on this project so far. But yeah, I think they need one more point to secure their highest finish since 1963, which is a great achievement. But mm. I agree with what you said. I think It's, it's FA- a bit top four trophy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the F- if they were to win the FA Cup this season, which that defeat in at Chelsea, that's a real blow because that mm. tangible kind of prize and sign of progress would have been really helpful for Pochettino and kind of the club and the, pro- the project mm. uh, going forward. The project. Yeah. Everyone's got a project oh, no, these I, days. I tried to find another word there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of projects, um, the Pep Guardiola project at Man City um, was kicked up a gear, at least for one week anyway, as um, City beat Palace 5-0. And people might remember the start of the season when uh, Guardiola came in to Manchester City. He um, he did say he's looking forward to facing the Big Sam. The Big Sam. That that dragon, <laughs> that monster of English football. Um, and he slayed the dragon. Uh, as I say, 5-0 win. Uh, City irresistible. A man of 12 shots on target. David Silva, masterclass. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne pulling the strings as well. Um, after the game, I think Big Sam said to the BBC interviewers, oh, let's, let's get this over and done with. I don't think he was very happy to be there. And as he sent on uh, Lee Chung-Yung, there was a sense that he didn't really fancy this game, did he? He was, knew what he was up against and probably thought, I, I can't beat this. No, I... Some of the defending in this game was absolutely awful. Um, since Sacco's got injured, it's really gone to pieces for mm. Palace. And um, also it was Hennessy made a few mistakes. It was kind of like the old things creeping in that happened a lot under Pardew, but have kind of just been, haven't been there under Big Sam. Mm. Um, City were very good, but when you're playing against that, it's... Uh, the goals were preventable. Mm. We, we have talked in the past about what Sacco 
brings to Palace. And what what do they miss most? Is leadership? Is is his defensive work is passing from the back. He seems to bring a composure to the team when he when he is on the field. Yeah, all three really, um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And obviously, when you're playing Jeffrey Schlup there, who I think actually yeah, what didn't was do going too on badly yeah. given the circumstances. But he's a player who's played lots of his career as a winger, so that's when you kind of know um, you're in trouble. But he has kind of played everywhere, though. To be fair, yeah, to and he and he stepped up well and did as good as he could really. Um, obviously, Sacco's the the bid loss, but Scott Dan and James Tompkins also out. So mm. Scott Dan's not had a great season, but last season and in previous years at Palace I think he's been one of the better kind of centre-backs outside the big clubs so to have three centre-backs out is a tough ask but they need to kind of find a solution quick because mm. they really do because Palace aren't out of the woods yet if you look at the table if, if anyone's going to replace um, probably Hull at this stage in the bottom three it's, it's going to be them um, but do you, do you think they're going to hold on they're going to they're going to they're going to make it through to the end unscathed <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making any predictions. You're from Bedball. You've got to, I, you know, put the. Um... <laughs> I, to be honest, it would be very Palace to lose to Hull and beat Man United on the last game of the season, mm. playing against Man United's second team because they've got the Europa League final three days later if they get into it, which I expect them to do. Um, you want to live through glory, don't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> City go for the top four at the other end of the table. Yeah, I think so. They've got. Uh, I think two of their home games remaining uh, the next two games are at home I think um, could be run there but yeah and very winnable games and yeah I think third as well is now they look favourites mm. for that as well not mm. just the top four so in the end maybe it's not too bad an outcome given where they have been at points this season they really do because obviously Arsenal winning uh, United losing and Liverpool drawing uh, 0-0 against Southampton uh, it really does kind of give City the freedom of third you could say the battle is now for fourth between those other three teams um, an incredibly dull game between Liverpool and Southampton um, across the four games this season Liverpool have had 54 shots and scored zero goals against the Saints uh, Klopp looked absolutely livid he was very unhappy with some of the tackles put in by the Southampton players although I didn't see him complaining when Matip absolutely cleared out um, you know uh, was it Gabbiadini? It was somebody, and he, he wasn't happy about that. Um, but Origi had a really poor game. Um, Storage came on, looked a bit better, but Liverpool, just their attack isn't looking right without Sadio Mane, is it? Yeah, I think they next season he needs to look at getting a new option in because I know he this system does work very well and they're all mm. playing, but if you look at like his Dortmund teams, he had Lewandowski up front for them, so he can do it with a striker, and he seems really averse to giving anyone a chance. Like I mean, he didn't like Benteke at all. Um won't really play Sturridge. Origi's a massive last resort, but can still play in that system. So I think to just to get a striker and to have another option because they're not going to win the league otherwise. I think the key is finding a striker that, that can be a striker within this system because Sturridge, it, just, it never seems to quite work in the way that maybe you think it should. You look at Sturridge, he's a thoroughbred finisher. It sh- it sh- there should be, he should be the cutting edge, but he almost needs to blunt the team at times, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't fit the system at all. I think you're right there. And maybe Klopp will turn to him in the in the remaining couple of games this season, but I can't see him being there next season. If he is, it, it won't be kind of with a, a prominent role in the team, I don't think. Lewis Southampton, on the other hand, are coasting. Um, I don't think they had a single shot either on target or at all in the right. first half against Liverpool. It's the first time since they returned to the Premier League they've actually recorded that. Um, Klopp, who basically just went on the defensive. Are oh, they just coasting to the end of the season now? Bit of a nothing campaign. Well, apart from that EFL Cup final, maybe. Yeah, they're in that like pack of teams, aren't they? That are just like West Brom, Southampton. Um, 
maybe even Stoke. I'm not sure they're high enough now to really warrant being in that pack. But it's yeah, it's, it's so interchangeable, isn't it? Yeah, basically. It's, I think they can get their fourth consecutive top half finish for the first time in the top flight Southampton. So a small thing to play for for them. That really is top four trophy esque. <laughs> mm. That's all. Oh dear. Do you reckon that's gonna you know get them dancing on the streets of Southampton? Absolutely. I hope so. Selfies in the changing rooms. <laughs> Um, over in Swansea, um, a, a massive result in the relegation battle. Swansea beat Everton 1-0. Um, Lorente with another goal, 13th of the season. Underrated shout for buy of the season? Yeah, definitely up there. I think 5 million, something like that. So not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things now. 13 goals. I think 26 starts. So he's not kind of played every single game either. And Jermaine Defoe, I think he's got 15 goals. And he's obviously, rightfully so, held in high regard for his exploits for Sunderland but mm. Llorente's right up there with it. There was rumours that Chelsea were going to go in for Llorente in January if Costa does move on to China in the summer still worth a look for Conte? He's not a big enough player. He's, they need someone who's like ridiculous I think just to get the fans happy but the interesting thing with Llorente is that um, when Bob Bradley was in charge really didn't fancy him at all like he never played him for I think it was like five times he got more than 45 minutes or something mm. which is really odd considering how good he and he he really works as well which I think maybe might have been something he'd have been like oh he doesn't work hard enough but he really does yeah, like, yeah, he puts yeah. a shift in every week I mean we were talking there about um, a striker to fit Klopp system remember that athletic club side with Lorente up top he's like a target man who pressed like anything it was incredible to watch um, really, is that really... your you starting the rumours there Greg? <laughs> Lorente to Liverpool no 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 no. oh no no definitely not <laughs> definitely don't play for Southampton enough um, <laughs> another massive result in the relegation battle a whole lost to Sunderland Sunderland 2-0 uh, Marcus Silva's incredible home record overcome massive blow to the Tigers chances it's it only only I think it's only two points separate them still though, so it could all it could all shift again. Is it a hall going down or a swans going down? It's between these two, isn't it? Really? This is a really tricky one because the games are. I mean, Hull have got Spurs last game of the season. Mm. If you think back to last year when they played Newcastle and got absolutely battered, yeah, um, I'd be looking at that as a whole fan and thinking, oh, this is quite a good game for us to have last <laughs> game of the season because. Um, yeah, I, see but, I mean, and Swansea have got Sunderland next week, and Sunderland are on a roll. Mm. <laughs> At the worst time of the season to do it when they're already relegated. Yeah. But I think it's that faint glimmer they can finish above Middlesbrough still. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is that's keeping them going. But um, yeah, this was a huge result. Um, Hull had been, I'd been really impressed with them recently, especially at home. Like mm. you can bank on it. This, everyone, that's what I said earlier. Like everyone was betting on uh, Hull to win this weekend because they've been so good at home. The last thing you thought they'd do is go and lose 2 0 to Sunderland. Mm. Um, but I mean, Silver, whether regardless of whether they go down or not, I think he'll be back in the Premier League next season at a different job anyway. So, um, and yeah, I, any I, to make a decision, I think I think Hull will go. Greg, are you gonna you gonna make a call? I think Hull as well. Yeah, I think their fixtures, um, Swansea's fixture list is is favourable at this stage. They've got the points advantage as well. But if Hull beat Palace next week, then then maybe it'll be Palace because they've got to go to Old Trafford on the final day. So. Yeah, it's still all to play for for all three of them, really. Well, maybe some of those players are playing for their futures, trying to get some suitors to pick up in the summer. Um, any ideas on where Jermaine Defoe should go? He'd probably go to West Ham, wouldn't he? West Ham? Yeah. It would be a very West Ham sign. It would I be think. a very yeah. West Ham. Very with, Marco, with Marco Silva. Oh, I was about to ask, where do you think he's <laughs> going to go next? So Marco Silva to West Ham for Jamie. Greg, where do you reckon? Maybe Southampton. I think it would be very harsh to get rid of Claude Puel, but there are kind of noises around there. Fans and, aren't happy. Yeah, exactly. And Silva's obviously 
done a great job at Hull so far, but I think obviously one of the big sits is out of the question. So outside of that, Southampton are probably as good a job as any. It would seem a very Southampton move as well. He seems like a Southampton manager, yeah. if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, yeah. <laughs> um, dead rubber time in the rest of the Premier League. Bournemouth 2, Stoke 2, uh, another one of those fixtures in this kind of uh, amorphous blob in the middle of the table. Uh, Burnley 2, West Brom 2 and Leicester 3, Watford nil. I mean, a lot of goals for dead rubbers then, really, isn't there? The defenders just, you know, on the holidays now. Yeah, yeah. possibly, because last week it was the opposite, wasn't it? The Saturday games, the dead rubbers ruled nil-nil or one-nil, so yeah. Maybe they were banking them for this weekend. Maybe yeah. that was it. Um, around Europe, going to La Liga first, uh, both Real Madrid and Barcelona scored four as their battle for the La Liga title really begins to hot up. I mean, it's 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 not quite neck and neck because it would just be separate on goal difference, but it is pretty close. Uh, Messi doing it for Barca once again, while Madrid showing their strength in depth as Morata now has 20 goals in all competitions this season for the first time in his career over to the Bundesliga uh, and RB Leipzig secured automatic Champions League qualification uh, obviously their first season ever in the German top flight since their rebranding as a Red Bull back team what a story and uh, Tuchel um, could possibly leave Borussia Dortmund according to reports he's fallen out with the club's hierarchy um, basically over how they handled the, the bus attack uh, before the Monaco game and there's a few other kind of administrative issues with the strategy up there so something to look out for in the weeks to come because there's been interest with Arsenal there's interest in Barcelona mm-hmm. very highly rated manager be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic at some other clubs uh, League 1 now uh, Monaco all but secure the title with an easy win over Bastia uh, PSG must be devastated the owners have already spoken about wide scale change Unai Emery a goner do you reckon Jamie? I think the Barcelona result that was it <laughs> And they haven't. You're not going to forget that, are you? They win the league every year, usually. I mean, I know Monaco have been incredible this season, but um, like, come on, mm. <laughs> 31 points. They won it by last year as well, something like that. So it's not even like they've kind of scraped over the line last year and have fallen a bit back this year. When really you look has. at swings, it's not, it's not yeah, pretty exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. a shame for Emery because I think he's a good manager and his record at Sevilla was really good in the Europa League. But yeah, it hasn't worked. If um, if Wenger, if Wenger is staying at Arsenal and Barcelona do um, promote from within. Too cool to PSG? Yeah, I was thinking that when you were talking about Dortmund there. Yeah, I think that could happen because he should be on their radar, definitely. And if he does lead Dortmund to there are not that many jobs that he could go to of kind of an equivalent stature in terms of competing in the Champions League. So I think it would work for all parties. Mm. What do you reckon, Zach? Too cool in, in France or does he deserve to go to... I mean, no disrespect to Ligue 1, but it, it's not quite La Liga, it's not quite the Premier League. Where would you see him going next? Uh, I don't think the jobs that he would want in the Premier League is open at the moment. Um, which would be a top four, a top six job. So, mm. um, so it would be a good fit for him, really. <clears throat> we, we, Especially if Barcelona are just promoting from within, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there has been talk in the past that um, Wenger keeps getting the decision of when to retire wrong. He could have retired and given the reins to Guardiola. At least that's the the kind of pet theory amongst some fans. Would this be a if 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 Tuchel does leave Dortmund this summer and Wenger stays at Arsenal? Is this a similar kind of? You've missed a big opportunity there, Arsenal. Possibly. I do like Tuchel, but I'm not sure he's quite achieved enough to mm. be considered like alongside the Guardiola opportunity there. Um, but yeah, Wenger's, it's just down to him and when he feels like it, I think, and he's maybe earned that right, maybe not. That's another debate, but yeah, I can't see him kind of taking that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Moving on now to Serie A, where Napoli uh, take a two-point march over Roma um, in the race. Well, they're not going to catch Juventus, are they, really? No. But it's still all to play for for coming second. Another one of those trophies that aren't trophies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Higuain scored um, in the late draw against Torino. Really last-minute finish. Exactly. He's just doing it now, isn't he? He's beating the Higuain we all know and some of us love. In that, He's just the poacher who just gets the goals in the big moments. Yeah, absolutely. An important one here, even though Juve are going to win the lead anyway. But 
yeah, in, in the week as well against Monaco, and mm. he just guarantees goals. And sometimes, sometimes watch him, and you're kind of not convinced, but you look at his record and. It yeah. speaks for itself, it, exactly. as the saying goes. Um, obviously, Napoli are playing a ridiculous brand of football at the moment. You could, there's basically a gif every other minute on Twitter <laughs> of just players passing the ball 100 mile an hour together. Uh, Lazio also won 7 3. They're making a habit of scoring ridiculous scorelines this season. Um, is Serie A kind of becoming home to the most outrageous football in Europe at the moment? It was People were saying it was the Bundesliga a few years ago with the, with the intense pressing and the goals have dropped off this season. Is Serie A where it's at? I think it's really exciting if you, I mean, not that Juve aren't exciting, but if you don't watch games involving Juve, it's very, very exciting because you don't really know who's going to win. Mm. Um, and you've just got goals going in all over the place. Like Edin Dzeko scored so many goals this season. And that and he, goal last night was, yeah, oh, and he so looks And he looks very, very good. Um, mm. To see two teams in the top um, sort of six or seven and the away team going in and then winning 4-1. <laughs> but it, it doesn't really happen in the Premier League that often or anywhere else for that matter. So, mm. yeah, it's a very, very exciting league to watch right mm. now. Milan and Inter are quite entertaining as well for, for different reasons. <laughs> as on. in, they're not, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, quite, it's interesting that they, they kind of create like a vacuum behind Juventus who haven't really got any challenges. Do you reckon that the, 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 the difference in budget between Juventus and the rest is making managers kind of be a bit more tactically creative to try and get around the, the deficit maybe? Yeah, definitely need to do something because Juve's dominance, they're on course to win the six in a row, which is a record in Italy if they do go on to do it, which they surely will. And yeah, it's going to take a lot of investment as well as, as creativity. Um, Inter and Milan both hoping that that will come in the years to, in the following years. But um, Napoli and Roma at the moment, they're the two who are closest, so it's not going to be easy. Mm. Interesting stuff to look forward to in the Champions League next year for, for any English clubs looking for them, any, any dark horses to stay mm. away from uh, we'll come on to that very shortly but first the Football League where Newcastle won the championship it all was all set up for Brighton to do it um, but they slipped away at the last minute Rafa's team finished strongest um, how is the approach next season in the Premier League is he even going to be there Oh, that's the first question because it doesn't really I mean I didn't really know if he was going to stay last summer and then this summer, it's the same thing again. Um, and it's just Newcastle all over, really, isn't it? Um, it kind of depends if Ashley sticks to his promises yeah. because he's got a horrible habit of uh, backing out on things, doesn't he? He's got an absolutely huge squad there at the moment. Mm. Um, a lot of championship players, like what I'd call championship players, people like Dwight Gale, who deserves a chance in the Premier League because he scored so many goals this mm. season. But mm. there's only so many of them you can hold on to. It's like Kieran Clark, like Grant Hanley. There's a lot of players there. Yeah. Um, and you've just got to hope that sort of these teams that are going down are happy to take those wages on. Otherwise, you're <laughs> going to be sat with a lot of players. And pass them off as they cross. Yeah, the um, but they, they should be fine. Um, especially if they keep Rafa, they'll probably come like, what, 13th or 14th or something. Like, and it'll be a decent season. They'll be in the amorphous blob. That'll they'll be just a... just below the amorphous <laughs> blob. Like just between the, kind of in the, um, I think it might be like the Watford or Burnley spot okay. at the moment. But. I, I think they take that as, as a first season back in the Premier League. But who are you tipping for the playoffs, Greg? Um, I'll go with Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Partly because I'd quite like to see them get promoted. Such a historic club. Haven't been in the Premier League for a while. They're in good form as well. They kind of looked like they were tailing away a few weeks ago. Mm. And they were the side who looked in danger of what Leeds went on to do um, by dropping out in place of Fulham. But kind of pulled it back a bit. And yeah, I fancy them to do it. Squawker asked a fan at every um, one of the Premier League's 20 clubs who they wanted to see come up from the Championship. And they all said Huddersfield. So who are you going to be saying, Jamie? Uh, I agree with Greg. Like, I think Sheffield Wednesday will beat Fulham in the final. Uh, Huddersfield have not been great recently. They've Hailed off, haven't they? Massively, considering they were sort of the main challengers to the... Um, they were the ones who were going to get into the top two. Mm. Um, but they never managed that run. And um, 
I think if they don't go don't go up, there's going to be a lot of clubs after um, their manager because mm-hmm. he's very highly sought after right now. Possibly go to Norwich or somewhere like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, With David Priest, who was the the, the Sunderland fan for us on our little roundup, said he hopes that Huddersfield fail so that Ellis Short might uh, jump in and try and grab him for Sunderland, uh, Mr. David Wagner. Um, he is very highly rated, isn't he? Yeah. Well, what about Moisey, though? What about Moisey? I've never really seen him. He hasn't done it. In the, had a managerial job in the Championship for years. But yeah. He was so good down there with Preston. So why would you get rid of him? Could he? Could he be the Scottish Rafa? <laughs> Moyes? Yeah. Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sunderland. It won't be all Moyes' fault, but Sunderland. Yeah, they have big issues next season. I could. Could you see them going down again? Sunderland. Could well, they, they be one I of mean, those teams. If, I don't know if you saw the Swiss ramble on the on Twitter and on his blog, but he was saying that they've got horrendous debt issues. Mm-hmm. Like um, their their percentage of debt to. Um, is is third, I think second, second highest out of the Premier League, and they also haven't got the income coming in. They, they, it's just it looks like a, a perfect storm of disaster for them. I really hope it isn't for Sunderland fans because I know lots of lovely Sunderland fans, but it's not looking good. They've got a real job on their hands to kind of steady the ship, let alone get back into. I the guess Premier it's League. just Pickford, or and that's the, yeah. only, the only real asset they've got. I hate to call footballers just assets, but like <laughs> it's the only one that would earn them any money. I mean papers today was saying 30 million which is a lot of money mm. for a goalkeeper with the bottom of the table club but he was nominated for young player of the year and has been very very good for them this season highly rated indeed and elsewhere in the football league blackburn go down to league one the first ever champions of the premier league era to drop into the third fear third fear it may as well be the third fear <laughs> yeah. they're looking pretty terrified <laughs> about all wonderful Freudian slip there third tier a massive fall from grace um, for the club who um, the Venki ownership just hasn't done well for them anyway preview time now um, and as I said Chelsea play Middlesbrough tonight it's Monday it's Monday night football w- w- what could be greater uh, champions elect again for Chelsea feels like Spurs spent a long time breathing down Conte's neck but they've, they've just kind of not been bothered by it have they no and obviously two wins now will do it Spurs don't play again until Chelsea play twice so there's a chance that they'll be champions before Tottenham even play next and Chelsea's if you pinpoint kind of how they've won the title it's probably in these type of games because mm. they've been so reliable that um, defeat by Palace recently is the only time they've lost to a team kind of you'd expect them to beat um, and their record against the bid six isn't great there are better teams with be- uh, better records among those top six but Chelsea are so reliable in these games and it's just so hard to ever see them slipping up in in this type of match. Mm. I had a question for you on Twitter from uh, Massimo Dariani who said, if you could swap Conte and Pochettino, um, how would they do? I think there'd be less handshakes <laughs> when they score goals. But, um, <laughs> it's really tough. I, was, I had, like, thought about this one for a while. It's a really tough one because you'd probably say Conte could go in there and just do the same as he's done at Chelsea, which is just take the team and want to but they haven't got as I said earlier they haven't got those players like Chelsea have got a lot of players in there who know how to win stuff Mm. and maybe that would be the same thing and it can't be forgotten that Chelsea weren't good at the start of the season Um, Pochettino is in his third year at Spurs he's kind of got things how he likes it whereas Conte basically just threw threw the plan out the window and did something new and kind of made it all come together yeah we backed Conte wouldn't you yeah he's had the initial impact more than Pochettino did although despite Chelsea finishing 10th last season they obviously weren't the 10th best team Mm. so Pochettino started from a a lower level um, when he came in but they're just two really good coaches and I think it's good that those two will finish as the top two because it kind of is a triumph for for coaching as much as Chelsea have spent money of course but both managers have really got the best out of the players they've created a system that works and it's good to see that doing well 
Mm. On to now the, the Champions League. Uh, Juventus take on Monaco on Tuesday. Juventus won the first leg away 2-0. Um, the first 50 minutes could be telling of how this, this tie will be shaped overall, won't it, Greg? Yeah, Monaco will need to score, obviously, quickly. Um, but Juventus at home are so, so strong and I think they'll come out and kind of really try and kill this game off in the early stages and whether Monaco have the experience to, to be able to deal with that at such a kind of quite a hostile ground um, not very Italian stadium in many ways, very kind of close to the pitch and that. So I think if Juventus come out flying here in the first few minutes, they could even kill this one off before it gets to halftime. Mm. Monaco won at the weekend, uh, but a bit of a humbling in the first leg against Juventus, kind of a sign of how far they still have to go to be a true uh, European heavyweight, as some people maybe pitch them because of their goals scored. Um, what do they need to do against Juventus? Should they change their tactics? Or should they stay true to themselves? I think it would have worked if Buffon wasn't in goal in the first. Like he made a couple of really, really good saves, and it's it's so hard. That defense is so good. You get through mm. the defense. Buffon's there, who's probably I think the best goalkeeper of our of this generation. So uh, you, I, I can't see Monaco doing anything in this game just because Juve is so st- and at home they're great. Another one for Higuain to fill his boots, maybe. Uh, maybe, probably will. Dybala maybe will score. Mm. Who mm. was exceptional in the home leg yeah. against Barcelona as well. I was just going to say, Mbappe did cause problems for that Juventus defence as good as they are last week. It didn't quite come off in terms of really clear-cut chances, but his movement was really good. So I suppose if Monaco get one chance early on and Mbappe invariably takes those chances, then maybe it would give something for Juventus to worry about. Moving to our uh, squawker accumulator shout, um, we've got Juventus versus Monaco under 2.5 goals at evens. Uh, Juventus haven't conceded more than one goal at home in a single Serie A or Champions League game all season. Bit of a safe bet, that one, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, th- I think you could easily see it being 2-0 again, couldn't you? It's Or even one all. Like, yeah. It's not probably not going to be a high scorer. Unless Monaco fully go for it and Juventus go... Ah, if you're going to let us play on the counter, why not? Why not? <laughs> we'll have to see what happens there. Um, on Wednesday night, Atletico take on Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid won 3-0 at home in the first leg. Uh, they're going to be going to the Vicente Calderon for the last ever Champions League game at Atletico's current ground. They move to the, uh, is it called the Wanda? The Wanda Arena yeah. next season. Uh, and Simeone, it seems, is going to stay on to lead them to their, to their new stadium. But at the moment, they need goals. Um, they're not really a side to set up to hammer opponents, especially not a side like Real Madrid, uh, do you reckon that their need to go on the attack will suit Zinedine Zidane and his kind of counter-attacking force of Ronaldo and all the rest of them? Yeah, it should do. Um, I, before the first leg, though, Real Madrid weren't weren't great defensively. They hadn't kept a clean sheet in a while. And that kind of... Uh, Atletico was so poor in that mm. game. I, mm. I can't. They can't play that badly again, surely. Mm. Like, um, So, but I... Real Madrid have already won, for me, have already won this tie. So, yeah. Is the mental block real? Yeah. I think, I was just going to say, Atletico, they can keep clean sheets so that they might win this game. But whether they can, I think, to open up and score the goals they'll need, they can't kind of keep a clean sheet. Um, I think they're they're set up to kind of win games 1 0 rather than 3 4 0. I think Real Madrid will score. And then obviously the task is huge for Atletico. But again, you never know. But yeah, Real Madrid, great position. For our accumulator, we've gone for Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid to score over 0.5 goals at 1 over 4. Madrid haven't failed to score in a single La Liga or Champions League game all season. Uh, that's quite a record, isn't it, really? Yeah. But when, yeah. Ronaldo, though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe another hat-trick. And that definitely will be over <laughs> 0.5. Incredible. It would really, really would. Um, midweek Premier League game. Um, very weird scheduling. Um, Southampton play, play Arsenal at the same time pretty much as Atletico versus Real Madrid in the Champions League. 
What's, what is the fixture computer doing? Well, UEFA don't like this, do they? But <laughs> no. they kind of run out of time. I think the thing with the Premier League and English football is they obviously you get games in the FA Cup where it overlaps with the Premier League. So you often end up with teams cramming fixtures in late on and it's happened again and Arsenal maybe go under the radar a little bit here can close the gap to the top four if they win so yeah this is their game in hand isn't it so this this will really put the uh, the gunners amongst the pigeons if that's an expression (laughs) it is now it is now Um, and on our accumulator we've got Arsenal to win the second half at five over seven Southampton are fourth from bottom for second half goals in the Premier League this season so another one looks according to the according to the numbers Looks looks like a pretty surefire thing. That yeah, one. yeah, it's good for accumulators that this game is it just been wedged <laughs> into midweek because it means you can build quite a good accumulator just out of all these games that are just strung out over five days. Mm. You don't have to pick like the random Bratislava derby just to exactly. Fill it up. You don't, exactly. You don't have to delve into the Chinese Super League for too many games. <laughs> but maybe you'd want to. Some you great may... teams over there. Some great. You know, I'm not. I'm not paid to promote. It, I promise. But this, uh, you know, it is on TV. Actually, we were watching it the other day. It's um, yeah. I watched a game the other day. Yeah, better, better than it's, it's often um, used to be in the um, in the transfer rumor mill. It's, yeah, uh, the qual- the quality is there. I promise. There's, no, there's a lot of Brazilians there, isn't there? There is. So, there is, yeah. and there could be more going there in the Ooh. summer. So that's one another one to look out for when the transfer window swings open. Um, but staying in Europe for now, uh, the Europa <clears> League uh, sees Manchester United take on Celta Vigo at Old Trafford, one 0 win in the first leg against the Spanish side. Um, having seen United's lineup kind of change. From, from week in to week out depending on the Europa League or the Premier League Mourinho obviously rested his players against Arsenal who, who do you expect to come, and, come in and, and start the game against Santa Vigo? Well the eight changes weren't there um, in the Arsenal game so I'd expect a similar amount maybe you've got um, Rashford I'm sure will start I think Martial will drop out Rooney will drop out Paul Pogba? Paul Pogba will definitely be back in yeah <laughs> Eric Bailly of course at the back Jones and Smalling I don't think will will be Mourinho's first choice there so yeah a lot of changes I think Tuen Zabi will will drop out I'm sure uh, despite his accomplished performance. Um, Mourinho, though, he, he really has owned the narrative on this. I think um, he repeated before and after the Arsenal game that he's going everything for the Europa League. And he kind of said that as a means to excuse the result and performance <laughs> at the Emirates. But obviously, at the same time, he's piled the pressure on this game. So yeah. I think United's 1-0 lead and the fact that they're at home will will be enough. But yeah, if they were to lose this, then Mourinho, having made such a big deal of going all in for this, he'd mm. be under, un, not under pressure for his job, but he'd be receive a lot of criticism for that. It's interesting. Some of the um, some of the United fans I usually see on Twitter who are very, very protective and defensive, any criticism of Jose Mourinho have kind of, they've changed tone in recent weeks, basically saying, if he wins the Europa League, great season. If he doesn't, it's been a massive disappointment. I mean, Kind of suggests if one if one trophy is the difference between failure and you know this grand great narrative of a first good season at United, it's, the process just isn't there, is it really? No, I yeah, but I mean sides like United, they the fans want them to win stuff. It's like why Arsenal fans have been getting so wound up that Wenger because they never win anything. Mm. They win the FA Cup. Rex says they win the the fourth place trophy and. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, they were. Well, apart from that, I forgot about that trophy. <laughs> Emirates Cup as well. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He's back this summer. Do they win that all the time? I'm not sure. I don't I think think they, they lost the last one. Yeah, I don't think they even <laughs> played it in the summer. They lost it, so we're not going to play it. They the qualifiers yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah, it must have done. It must have done. Um, but are there any threats that United should be aware of from Celta Vigo? I mean, Iago Aspas, the uh, the ex ex Liverpool player who could not take that corner against Chelsea but he has been very good in Spain this season any yeah. any, other, any other players to be wary of United should have won the first their goalkeeper had such a good game um, but like, I just don't trust United 100% like there's been so many in the Europe they could easily go they go to extra time go 1-0 down go to extra time 
it certainly gives him more of an excuse to change <laughs> more players than the following weekend. Um, but no, I'd, I'd watch the first game. If they'd scored that header early on, mm. Celta maybe. But there wasn't a huge amount there. That's I mean, Pogba sort of ran that game, I think. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the same again because he's had a whole week off. So. Enough. Going to our accumulator, we've got Man United versus Celta Vigo um, under 1.5 goals at half time at 4 over 9. Uh, there's been one goal or fewer scored in 14 out of 18 of United's home Europa League games this season. So we talked about Atletico being set up to win 1 0. To some extent, with, uh, with players like Eric Bailly being the focus, United might do the same against Celta Vigo. Uh, the other tie in the Europa League sees Leon take on Ajax, and there should definitely be goals in this one. In the first leg, Ajax won. 4-1 against the French side. The last game between these guys produced 24 shots on target. Um, it's it's going to be outscore the opposition, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Leon are going to have to just come out and absolutely go for it. Um, it'd be quite a, quite a bottling if Ajax don't make the final after winning the first leg 4-1. Mm. And they, they could be on for a League Cup double if things go right. Uh, Feyenoord lost to Excelsior at the weekend. Uh, Ajax still in the chop for the for the Eredivisie title. Um Copper Politics asks, Ajax and Feyenoord chasing the title, who will win it? Um, I wonder if that result at the weekend will will really lead to Feyenoord throwing it away because they could, I think, could they have secured it this weekend? I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah, I think so. Um, and to lose so comfortably there convincingly <clears throat> puts the pressure on. I'm not actually sure who the fixtures remaining are, but maybe Ajax, the momentum's with them, but obviously mm. the points advantage still with Feyenoord, so I'll go with them. Who would you rather see from, from an English perspective and maybe from from a betball perspective who would you rather see in the final between Ajax and Lyon uh, I think both both of them are really exciting sides it's be quite nice to for Lacazette to get more of a because I mean more English people will watch it and maybe they can <laughs> see this player that Arsenal was supposed to have signed for the last three years he's kind of Arsenal's answer to Wesley Schneider isn't he yeah <laughs> so I mean Wesley Schneider could be uh, back at Sunderland apparently <laughs> not back at Sunderland at Sunderland I did not remember that move <laughs> hey ooh, ooh. Um, but yeah, I've, either team really. I mean, Ajax, it's kind of all the... the. Um, I think they're the only team to have been in every single edition of the Europa League. So maybe we don't want them to win it because we want to see them again next season in the Europa League. But um, <laughs> hey, They can get through for the group stages. It's true. This League, is what so. I was thinking. They could drop out in third, kind of, because I think that's what Seville liked to do, well, liked to do before <laughs> this season. Um, but yeah, I think I'd probably... I'm going to go Ajax just because I think they deserve it and mm. some of those young players are very, very good so I'd quite like to see them in the final. Guys like Dolberg, absolutely mm. on fire. Who do you think has got the best chance of taking down United in the final assuming that Jose Mourinho's side make it? Ajax, I think, yeah. Um, United will obviously start as favourites for that one, whoever they face, but Ajax could cause them problems and very attacking side and that Leon, the first lady of the semi-final, they were really impressive. I think Leon played a big part in their own downfall there but and you wouldn't expect United to be so open defensively but that is the risk with with knockout football that you can go all in on winning the tournament but all it takes as we saw last year really with Liverpool who kind of rested players in the Premier League towards the end mm. they were good in the first half but just outclassed in the second half and that was all it took for as you said before the season kind of on a knife edge between success and failure and yeah I think Ajax could give Man United a really good game. Mm. But in the last um, round of the Europa League um, 
Ajax almost threw it away actually against Schalke. Mm-hmm. They got another massive lead. Um, so that's why on our score accumulator for Leon versus Ajax, we're going with Leon to actually win the match. Not to win the tie, but win the match. Um, and that's at four over six. Uh, both sides um, combined have 24 shots on target in the first leg. So it may be up to whoever's goalkeeper is up to the challenge. Uh, so just to round things up and um, and sum up our accumulator, um, Juventus versus Monaco, under 2.5 goals at evens. Atletico versus Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid to score over 0.5 goals at 1 over 4. Uh, Leon versus Ajax. Leon to win the match at 4 over 6. Man United versus Celta Vigo. Under 1.5 goals at half time at 4 over 9. And Southampton versus Arsenal. Arsenal to win the second half. 7 over 5. And I said, if you want to follow that, you can head over to the link squawk.at slash betball. You can follow our accumulator, set up your own, challenge your friends, all the rest of it. Do check that out. Uh, that's all we've got time for today on the Squawker Talker. Thanks for coming in once again, Greg. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. What are you up to this week? Um, hopefully going to Chelsea tonight, although I still haven't heard back from... From my um, from your sources, yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure <laughs> if I've been let in or not, but hopefully, yeah. And then obviously Champions League, Europa League, it's all happening. So, so anything you want to be plugging to our to our listeners? Um, not particularly. You can follow me on Twitter at Gredley Football. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything specifically interesting. So, <laughs> but they'll be able to find specifically interesting things on your Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely, wonderful, wonderful. Jamie, thank you very much for your. It's your, your speaking of two and Zabi. This is your podcast debut for Squawker as well, isn't it? Yeah. How have I got on? I've, I've, I think you've been great. At least eight out of ten, great. or some of the kind of player rating that, I'll take that. Is, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what you got on this week? Um, Palace on Sunday, twelve o'clock kickoff, which I'm not thrilled about, but um, <laughs> yeah, that um, I'll just be watching plenty of football this week, um, putting plenty of bets on. I'd imagine. I'd imagine you would. And is there anything on that angle um, that you you want to be telling our, our listeners to look into with with betball this week? Um, just, get yourself onto the app. Um, you can obviously follow along Squawker's bet of uh, this week. You can get in the chat room chats that Squawker was in there this weekend, having a chat with people. Um, get on the leaderboards, see who's top of those leaderboards, follow the bets, and win yourself some money. Beautiful. And avoid Sunderland. And avoid Sunderland. Yeah. Fortunately, they're not in the Champions League this season. <laughs> Probably not going to be in there next year either, but we'll have to wait and see. As I say, if you do want to check um, BetBall out, there's also a link in the description to the podcast if you're listening on Audio Boom um, and other platforms. Um, see you again on Friday, and thanks for listening.